1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Um, but if you would, you can also put a finger in 1 Samuel chapter 12. We'll be looking at a few verses there. As we continue this idea of commanded pray. After consulting with the boss after last week, we decided that will be the title for this series. So he, he's kind of a dictator, tells me what to do. No, not really. He said, is that what the series is going to be called? I said, sure. So it was, it's a blessing. Uh, but this morning, so under that overarching idea of commanded to pray, we're going to talk about the responsibility to pray this morning. As a child of God, as the people of God, we do have a responsibility to pray. And of course, last week we looked a little bit about the privilege of prayer uh, and, and the discipline of prayer. And certainly prayer is one of the most important aspects of the Christian life. I, I think that's undeniable. And I'm certain in this room uh, there would be very few people that would dispute that. And so this morning we're going to look at this idea of a responsibility to pray. Do you believe you have a responsibility to pray? Certainly we have a responsibility to pray. And we understand that prayer is a privilege. And last week we talked a little bit about the idea that prayer takes discipline. Uh, I've never accidentally just slipped up and found myself praying. It was a very intentional step I had to take to find myself in, in the closet of prayer, if you would. Uh, <clears throat> But we also understand that we have a responsibility to pray. We are commanded to pray. Andrew Murray, he authored a book called The Prayer Life. And it is said it is a book that was birthed out of a conference that took place in April of 1912. At the time, there was a widespread sense in the church uh, that they were lacking spiritual power and effectiveness. And so consequently, over 200 ministers and missionaries and, and even theological students gathered in South Africa to study the problem and to discuss this matter of a lack of power and effectiveness in ministry together. Uh, Murray writes this forward in the book that he wrote after that conference. It says this, and I quote, The Lord graciously so ordered it that we were gradually led to the sin of prayerlessness as the deepest roots of the evil. No one could plead himself free from this. Nothing so reveals the defective spiritual life in ministers and congregation as the lack of believing and unceasing prayer. Prayer is in very deed the pulse of the spiritual life. It is the great means of bringing to ministers and people the blessing and power of heaven. Preserving and believing prayer means a strong and abundant life, end quote. They came to the conclusion it was their lack of prayer that they felt they did not have the power of God and the effectiveness to minister in their churches because they weren't praying enough. Do we pray enough? on to write his book on prayer as a reminder of the things that they all learned together in that conference, especially concerning the sin of prayerlessness. I'm convinced, based on my own experience, this is a very convicting discussion or uh, lesson to present because I don't pray enough. 
it's convicting to think that there's times that go by that I don't take advantage of the privilege and the opportunity to approach the throne of grace with our God. And so certainly, it's a difficult thing to say. But prayer is a, resp- uh, is a responsibility because God commands us to pray. Therefore, if we don't pray, it is sin. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is Sin, would you not agree with me this morning that it's good to pray? I don't think anybody can make an argument otherwise. So here's the question for us today. How much should we pray to avoid the sin of prayerlessness? And I'm going to submit to you, I don't have the answer for that. It becomes very difficult because we all want someone to give us a specific guideline. Like, pray for 15 minutes and you're good. Right? So someone would say that and pray for 15 minutes a day and you're okay. The trouble with such a statement is that someone else will come along and say, oh, 15 minutes is completely inadequate. You need to pray for an hour a day. And then someone else will say, prayer is not measured by minutes or hours, but by the attitude of the heart. So this morning, I cannot define prayerlessness for you. But what I will say is we are not responsible in this matter to another Christian with a stopwatch. But to the Father who knows our hearts and the depths of our desires. So if your prayer life and you have a clear conscience before your God, that's all I'm going to be content and happy with. But I submit to you this morning, the majority of us sitting here today would have to admit that's probably not the case. That we would admit to ourselves that we don't pray enough. And so ask God if your prayer life is pleasing to Him. However, I doubt in a like this, there is people who do not pray at all. I make the assumption today, and I think it's on good grounds that many of you do pray. Uh, Prayerlessness, however, is not only the complete disregard for prayer, it also means the failure to pray less than we need to, less than the Father desires, and less than we know we should. Prayerlessness. And so that definition certainly cuts a wide swath, and would include all of us. Do you pray enough this morning? The prophet Samuel recognized this. If you want to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 12. And so for context here, we must remember that leading up to this point, Samuel reluctantly yielded to the people's demand and anointed Saul to be king over Israel. But as the transition in government was taking place, Uh, And it was being made, the people became aware of the Lord's disfavor upon what they were doing. They began to understand that they had uh, made a mistake. And so they asked Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 19, it says this, And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not. For we have added unto all of our sins this evil to ask a king, or to ask us a king. And so they go to Samuel and say, please pray for us. Pray for thy servants. And so if you want to jump down to verse 23, after the people asked him to pray, 
Look at his response in, in verse 23. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good in the right way. Samuel acknowledged that it would be sin for him to cease to pray for the people. And there's some things that we could say there. I don't want to labor here, but listen, he understand he was accountable to God. He understood that people needed prayer. And he understood that he ought to be praying. Um, listen, we're not in any different circumstance today. There are people that need prayer. There is a God that is, expects a man to pray and to pray for people. Uh, and certainly we will be held accountable for that. Samuel says if he were to cease to pray for the people, it would be sin against the Lord. Listen, don't worry about the people with the stopwatches checking on your prayer time. It's about the Lord. And, and last week I mentioned it's about a relationship with Him. And we'll look at that a little bit again today, a little later on. Um, do we pray enough? The lack of prayer was a sin. Samuel made that, that uh, assessment here. It's a sin because it's a violation of what God expects, of what God commands of us. God expects us to, pr to pray. Look at Luke 18.1. You can turn there if you want. It says this, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Uh, that parable there we're very familiar with. The word ought implies moral obligation, a sacred duty. It is then a responsibility placed upon every Christian by the Lord himself to pray. And I understand I'm using prayer in a very general sense this morning, just to pray. We can talk about praying for people. We can talk about praying for, for, for a, lot, a myriad of different things. But my goal this morning today is to get you to pray more. The reason that is, is because I'm convinced if you go before the throne of grace and you begin developing that relationship with God, what to pray for will come. And I say that based on my experience. Sometimes I, I have set and scheduled a time to pray, and, and certainly I have a list. I have some notes at the end of this lesson. You ought to have a list. Certainly I have a list, but sometimes you get down there and you just don't feel like you, you know what to pray for. But as you just sit there and you're not in a rush, you're just being still. Things will come to your mind, and, and it becomes about this communication and this relationship with your God. Rather than just a laborious, pray for pastor. We got an assistant now. Pray for that guy. Well, we got missionaries that we support. Let's pray for them. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about communicating with your friend. With God Almighty that wants to hear from you. Yesterday, I used the example. Uh, Tyler took my thunder in... in preached on prayer in men's prayer breakfast yesterday. Imagine that. Prayer, prayer breakfast, preach on. But last week was kind of a busy week for me. Uh, the DeGarmos as a whole. And so I didn't see Cindy a lot except for kind of here at the church while VBS was going on. And, and so we woke up and we went to pier. And there the car was not silent. And that's not just because Cindy loves to talk. But we hadn't heard from each other 
like we normally do on a regular daily basis. And so there was much to discuss and to, to think about and to talk about together. And the whole car ride from here to pier, nearly three hours, there wasn't a quiet moment. And Carter was in the back. just. Go. <laughs> it's because we hadn't conversed for a while. That's what I'm talking about in your prayer life. It ought to be weird for you not to get in the prayer closet with your God. It ought to be concerning if that is not the case. And certainly understand we get busy. And of course we talked about praying without ceasing. You can pray right there. Tell this guy to shut up, Lord. But I still have 20 more minutes, so buckle up. Listen, we ought to be in an attitude of prayer all the time. Failing to pray is an indicator of a lack of love for the Lord. I wanted to talk to my wife. I missed her fellowship and her presence throughout the week. And so when we had the opportunity to be together in the car, it was natural for us to begin conversing. And so if you're prayerless, and I don't mean that in the sense that you pray not at all, but if your prayer life lacks, that's an indication that your relationship with your father isn't as good as it ought to be. Or that it can be. Our prayer life is a good indicator of our spiritual condition. Listen, prayer at the heart of it is communicating with God. A God that desires to communicate and to fellowship with you. Certainly it's challenging because He will point out things that we have to deal with at times. I encourage you, deal with it. The, the peace and the fellowship is far greater than any of the chastening and the frustration of not being connected to the Father. We, we get so discouraged at times. We get so frustrated because we have these expectations. But if we're connected to our Father and, we're know, and we know that we're doing what He has asked of us. Listen, I'm not talking about what we perceive that somebody expects of us. I'm talking about we're content with our walk with God and we can go before a stone. The peace, I don't care what the circumstance you're facing in life, the difficulties, the challenges, there will be a peace there because you know you're right where God wants you to be. We ought to be communicating with God. What does it say to him when we fail to find time to talk with him? Suppose I crank you loud and don't want to listen to Cindy on the way to pier. That's going to send a message to her like, well, maybe this guy doesn't want my company. He doesn't want. So our Heavenly Father up there that's waiting and anticipating. And by the way, I'll remind you, he provided a way that we have access in Christ. Christ died that we might have access. And so the God that is waiting and expecting to hear from us, but does not. Talk about a difficult relationship. Listen, if you run your marriage that way, your marriage is going to run into the ground. It's not going to work. It's not going to be effective. And so in marriage, when the conversations get difficult, we don't just quit. So when prayer gets difficult, don't quit. Deal with what God's asking you to deal with. Don't hinder that relationship that you, listen, you, you need it uh, to be able to minister effectively. Do we say we lack, <clears throat> do we say by our lack of prayer that we are not at all interested in spending time with the Lord or hearing anything from Him? 
When we do pray, we move away from the poss- or when we do not pray, we move away from the possibility of intimacy with God, with Christ. There's a lack of intimacy there. You can't have a good relationship unless you're communicating. So we have a responsibility to pray, and, and, and prayerlessness is a sin. No question. But did you know people depend on our prayers? People depend on our prayers. And let me qualify that. Romans 15. The Apostle Paul often began his, his letters or his epistles with, with a prayer and ended with letters asking for prayer. In Romans 15, in verse 30, it says this. Uh, here's a good example. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. I beseech you, he, he is earnestly requesting that they would strive with him in prayer. He, I need you to pray for me. I can't effectively minister as God wants me to minister without your prayers. What an amazing thought that God would call us into his, his plan to be a part of it. People need intercessory prayer. Here's some commentary on this and uh, on back commentary on 1 Samuel chapter 12. Samuel, an example of intercession. It is, very, it is a very great privilege to be permitted to pray for our fellow men. Such prayers are often of unspeakable value to those whom for they are offered. Intercessory prayer is a benefit to the man who exercises it and is often a better channel of comfort than any other means of grace. The Lord turned again the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. I would have you stirred up to, to, <clears throat> up to diligent supplication by the example of Samuel, who is worthy to be placed in the very forefront of intercessors. End quote. Listen, our intercessory prayers make a difference in the lives of people. We, we just finished Job and we saw that. Job's captivity was turned when he interceded for his friends. And they weren't even good friends. Paul knew that he could not make it without prayer. Listen, we can't do this without prayer. By God's grace, we want to preach the gospel across Rapid City in the Black Hills region, but we need prayer. We ought to be praying for our pastor. We ought to be praying for the Sunday school teachers that study and labor and teach every week here. Praying for the vans to have safety. Praying that God would fill the vans. There's nothing, there's not a ministry here praying that the food that we serve to the van riders is blessed and, and God uses that. We need to be praying for the church. Get to know the people around you so you can pray intelligently for them. Lord bless Brother Foley. That's a good prayer. But, you know, if you get to know him and you understand some of the needs he has and the things that he's going through, you can pray more intelligently for him. And, by the way, it will bring compassion. It will breed compassion in your life to help minister to, them, to him. And if we were all doing this, oh, boy, I can't imagine what God could do in a congregation of people that were praying for one another. Because our hearts would be, be turned toward one another. 
And we'd be loving one another like we've never loved them before. And we'd be ministering. Listen, we'd be more patient. Because people do dumb things and they're annoying. But when you're praying for them, it's a lot easier to overcome those things. Listen, I've learned people are idiots. <laughs> Pastor Boyle told me this when I was getting some counsel from him. And he said, the best thing about ministry is people. The worst thing about ministry is people. And I found it to be true. It is so true. Because y'all people are goofy. I'm people too, by the way. So I'm not saying I'm better than you or anything, but I understand the fact that there's things that I do that drive people crazy. Look at that guy's beard hairs. I don't know what about me drives you nuts. But listen, if we're praying for one another, it's so much easier to overlook those faults and those difficulties and those struggles that they have because the reality is we just want God to bless them and to use them in a mighty way. Why? So we can go forward together. People depend on our prayers. Paul understood that time and time again in the, in the epistles. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. Do we pray enough? God works through our prayers. Imagine that. Boy, what a blessing. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, the Word of God says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. What a great verse. It's amazing. Never doubt God's power to answer prayer. He's able to do it above what you're asking. Some things that I'm asking God for, and they're pretty big. And it's mind boggling to think that He can do exceeding abundantly above all that I'm thinking and that I'm asking, that I'm brave enough or bold enough to ask about. And He's He's ready to do that. And and so we just got to trust His will in the matter. But listen, He's able. The power that works in us, He's working in us. God has chosen to partner with us and to work in this world through our prayers. Why He has chosen to operate that way, I can't fully comprehend. But what I can tell you is He has chosen that. Therefore, we must avail ourselves to prayer. If we are not praying, then we are holding back on God's power to work in the world. If you're not praying for your family, you're holding back on God's power to work in your family. If you're not praying for our church, you're holding back on God's power to work in our church. If you're not praying for our community, you're holding back on God's power to work in our community. If you're not praying for missions, for laborers, you're holding back on God's power to work in missions. What's he say that in, in Matthew chapter 9? Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. Listen, if we're not praying these things, if we're not praying for the, the different aspects of our lives, we are not tapping into the power that God has availed us. A, a power that's beyond what we can really comprehend, beyond that what we're even asking for. Certainly it's greater than we are. If you're not praying for unsaved friends, you're holding back on God's power to see them saved. 
Do you pray for the lost to be saved? It is not that God cannot work without our prayers. Certainly we know that God does not need us in that regard. Rather, He has chosen to work through our prayers. And I want to remind you that's because He wants a relationship. He wants us to experience answer prayer. And to experience that sweet walk with Him as we fellowship with Him. As He reveals to us in His Word and in our prayer times through the Holy Spirit what He desires of us. And then we communicate the things that we desire and those things that we want Him to work on our behalf. And we see Him take action and do things. That's a relationship, is it not? What a responsibility we have to pray. The reality is God works in this world and in other people's lives. D.L. Moody said this, I'd rather be able to pray than be a great preacher. Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but only how to pray. Our preaching would be much more powerful if we'd just pray more. Listen, our ministries would be more effective and more powerful if we would just pray more. We don't need some fancy program. And and I'm not against programs. Listen, sometimes if it deals with kids, I need a program because I need some guidance on how to deal with those guys. But listen, we can't do that without praying. And I appreciate so much Brother Heiberg that was here. He emphasized prayer. You guys didn't see it all the time, but every week we would meet, or we wouldn't meet face-to-face, a telephone consult, or, and he never... Did we not do that without prayer? Did we, yeah, whatever, you know, you understand what I'm saying. His emphasis on prayer was there the whole way. I think he understands that we need God in this. We can show up and do all kinds of crazy stuff and the kids can be excited, but is God going to work in their heart? Is God going to change the lives? That's what we want. We don't want to just look good. We don't want to fill these chairs with people that don't know Christ. Praise God that the seats are full. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for God to reach people, to change their lives, to save the lost. Listen, we need God to reinvigorate His people. We're half dead half the time, or all the time, 50% of the time. Listen, we need to get serious about this thing. It's high time that we wake out of our sleep, the Word of God tells us. Are we serious about the things of God? And I submit to you that if our prayer life doesn't represent that, we're not that serious. How much more effective would our ministry be if we learn to pray? So let us humbly confess that we have been lazy, preoccupied, or even careless and prayerless. And let's together vow that we're going to go before the presence of God in prayer. I would like our church to be a church of men and women of prayer. So as I have a few moments, I'm going to close with a a couple practical things on prayer. Have daily, regular times of prayer. Listen, you need to make it a priority to put it in your schedule to pray. If you don't, the devil will certainly provide all the distractions you need to skip prayer because you're too busy, whatever. You need to put it in your schedule. And that might seem laborious, but I'm telling you, it will help you develop a habit of prayer. 
and I know that through experience. If you don't set aside a time, it's very hard because then all you find yourself is just praying as you lay in bed and go to bed at night. And praise God that you, if you do that. I do that. But that ought not be your only time to pray. Listen, our Savior made a point to go out and pray. It was important. It's vital. And so I encourage you to set that up. Some even like to begin a session of prayer with a, maybe a short Bible reading. I know sometimes that helps me get into the mode of prayer. So perhaps you want to do that. Certainly you don't have to. But I know and there are, and if you emphasize passages of prayer, uh, it certainly can be a help. And so sometimes for me, if I, I turn to the Word of God, and I'm not saying you're reading for an hour and a half, so you can pray. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just something quick to, to get your mind on the things of God before you go before His throne. It's been helpful for me. Pray through the problems of the day as they arise. Pray without ceasing, we say. Don't wait till the end of the day or till the next morning to confront your problems in prayer. We have the ability to come before His throne at any point. You don't have to go prostrate. You don't have to kneel down at your desk at work or at the job site in order to pray. You can pray walking and, and going about your business. A mindfulness of prayer. Make that a habit. Listen, I, I, I was careful almost not to say this, but do not be formal in the matter of prayer. And I'm not suggesting that God is not holy and we don't need to revere Him, but I want you to understand is we need to cultivate a habit of talking with God. We can converse with Him as a friend. James 2.23, And the Scriptures was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And look what it says there, And he was called the friend of God. Listen, it's about spending time with our Lord, our friend. Now, I'm not saying be irreverent or anything of that thing. He's still holy, and we need to acknowledge that. Hallowed be thy name in the model prayer. But what I'm telling you is, you don't have to be all formal about this process. I used to be a little more formal when I was trying to get a hold of Cindy. Now that we've been married for 22 years, the conversation just kind of goes. If you know what I mean, the relationship has developed. That's what I'm talking about. Get to know your God in prayer. You can study the Bible and see what it says about prayer. Don't just listen to me do it in Sunday school. You ought to be reading the Word of God and looking at the... I mean, there's some great prayers in the Word of God. I love the prayer of Jabez. Enlarge our coast. I mean, goodness, God. And God answered his prayer. So, and there's some prayers that God didn't answer. Look at the Apostle Paul. Oh, I mean, he answered, but it wasn't the way he wanted. He didn't give him what his prayer request was. And here's where I was alluding to earlier. Start the prayer. Get a prayer list. It'll help guide your prayers. The biggest thing I want to tell you this morning is keep on. Keep it on. Don't quit. Keep praying. Pray without ceasing. Develop that. Prayer life. And I'll close with this. Prayerlessness is a sin. So make prayer a priority. 